0: The following is a special holiday episode of The Week in Doubt. Every year I like to do a special Christmas or winter holiday episode. And I apologize for being so late this time around, by the way. But this year I want to devote the annual holiday special to a figure from Slavic myth and folklore known as Father Frost. Traditions involving Father Frost, or one or more of his various counterparts, can be found throughout Slavic or Eastern European regions, as well as parts of East and Central Asia. In Russia, where he's long been an important cultural phenomenon, he is known as Moroska, or dead Maros, dead meaning grandfather, and Maros meaning frost or freezing. Both in Function and Appearance, Father Frost or Dead Maros shares similarities with other holiday figures, such as the English Father Christmas, Dutch Sinterklaas, or our American version, Santa Claus. He's traditionally depicted as a man with a long white beard, wearing a fur hat or cap, and long fur coat, often blue, white, or red in color, with both the coat and hat being trimmed in white. He's also often depicted as carrying a magic staff or walking stick, and wearing mittens along with a pair of traditional Russian felt boots, known as valenki. And whereas Saint Nick or Santa travels in a sleigh pulled by a team of reindeer, Father Frost or Did Maros travels in a kind of traditional Russian sleigh known as a troika, which is pulled by a team of three horses traveling side by side. Like Santa, Dead Maros delivers gifts to children each year, but rather than traveling down the chimney, Dead Maros or Father Frost keeps things simple using the front door. During the Soviet era, Dead Maros traditions had been prohibited due to the figure's perceived religious associations. Historian Karen Petroni in her book be Joyous Comrade, Celebrations in the Time of Stalin describes Dead Maros as being denounced as, in quotes, an ally of the priest and the Kulak, a Kulak being a kind of wealthy peasant or farmer that the Communist Party viewed as a political threat. In an attempt to garner public support and quell violent opposition sparked by aggressive collectivization efforts, Stalin allowed Did Maros, as well as a number of other holiday traditions, to return in 1935. Traditionally, Did Maros had brought gifts at Christmas time, perhaps around or on December 19th, St. Nicholas Day, or on the 6th or 7th of January, January 7th being the date of Christmas on the Julian calendar used by the Russian Orthodox Church. But the Soviets had done away with Christmas, including, as just alluded to a moment ago, related traditions and customs, such as Christmas trees, which were eventually allowed back and rebranded as New Year's trees. Upon dead Maros' return, he was to deliver gifts on New Year's rather than Christmas. Russian New Year's becoming a kind of secular replacement for Christmas, complete with gift-giving in the aforementioned tree. After being brought back from exile, the holiday figure was used to deliver Soviet propaganda, visiting schools and asking, quote-unquote, to whom do we owe all good things in socialist society, to which the children would answer in unison, Stalin. The Soviets also utilized Dead Maros as a mascot of sorts during the height of the so-called space race of the 1960s. Illustrations of the figure alongside rockets and smiling children in spacesuits appeared on cards and posters meant to generate enthusiasm for the Soviet space program. In 1966, famous or infamous U.S. Senator Joseph McCarthy Mentioned did Maros while referencing a 1962 ban on government-sponsored prayer in schools, describing it as, quote-unquote, rivaled only by the Soviet Union, where they eliminated Santa Claus and brought in Grandfather Frost. Will that satisfy the children of America? Despite Senator McCarthy's assertion that dead Maros was a replacement for Santa Claus, as already touched on, Father Frost has roots in Slavic myth and folklore that predate the Christianization of the region, and he had already been incorporated into Russian Christmas traditions prior to the rise of socialism. Although, in fairness, the figure had been exported to a number of satellite states outside of Russia proper as kind of a non-religious or secular replacement for St. Nicholas during the Soviet era. During or following the fall of communism, some of these regions or countries such as Bulgaria and Romania began to abandon dead Maros in favor of a return to the more religious-themed dead Maros counterparts, They had celebrated before the rise of the Soviet Union. In Romania, the traditional holiday gift giver is Mos Krachun, Old Man Christmas. And in Bulgaria, he's known as Diado Koleda, which means Grandfather Christmas. The Bulgarian language variant of the Russian Dead Maros being Diado Mraz, which may or may not still be in use as well. Before we continue with the unfolding history of Father Frost in modern times, I'd like to stop to explore some of the folklore associated with the character. In contrast with his image as something of a whimsical holiday figure, folk or fairy tales involving Dead Maros or Father Frost can have a surprisingly dark tone, or perhaps not so surprisingly, given the grim nature of many old fairy tales in general. A prolific 19th-century Russian ethnographer by the name of Alexander Afanasyev, known for publishing nearly 600 folk and fairy tales, had collected, among many others, the story of Father Frost, including it in his book, Narodny Orozki-Skatsky, or Russian Fairy Tales in English, sometimes also translated as Russian Folk Tales. A Scottish poet, novelist, literary critic, and collector of folk and fairy tales by the name of Andrew Lang would include an English translation of the story in his 1894 work, The Yellow Fairy Book, one of many texts in his line of so-called Coloured Fairy Books. Lang entitled his translated version, The Story of King Frost. The Arne Thompson Uther Index is a catalogue of folk or fairy tale types. Father Frost, or the story of King Frost, is considered an example of type 480, a so called kind and unkind girl story. The story of King Frost, like the folk tale it's translated from, tells the tale of a woman who has two daughters her own daughter who she spoils and can do no wrong in her eyes, and a kind and virtuous stepdaughter who she mistreats and despises. The woman orders the girl's father to take her out to the fields or wilderness and leave her to freeze to death, which the father ultimately tearfully and reluctantly does. The girl, abandoned by her father, takes refuge under a fir tree at the edge of the forest and begins to weep. She then hears the cracking and crackling noises of King Frost's approach. The imposing figure asks her repeatedly if she is warm. Despite her extreme discomfort and dire condition, she answers the Frost King politely each time, refusing to complain about the extreme cold. Moved by her politeness and respectful demeanor, the Frost King, or Father Frost, takes pity on her, wrapping her in furs and giving her a chest filled with jewels and finery, including a rich robe embroidered with silver and gold which she puts on. The girl joins the Frost King in his sledge or sleigh. Meanwhile, the stepmother orders the girl’s father to go and retrieve her presumably dead body but just then the door blows open and the chest comes through the door, followed by the still-living girl dressed in finery. Dazzled by the riches, the greedy and envious stepmother orders the father to take her own daughter out to the same spot in an attempt to replicate the results. The father does so, leaving the girl in the same spot he had left his own daughter, but this time the girl is rude to the Frost King complaining about the cold and calling him a blind old fool. Instead of rewarding her with riches, the Frost King freezes her to death. Meanwhile, the girl's mother orders her husband to go fetch the girl, warning him not to upset the sledge or sleigh on the way back, lest they risk losing the chest. The door finally flies open and the woman is greeted with her daughter's frozen body, which upon embracing freezes her to death as well. The Brothers Grimm have a version of the story in which they swap out the titular character with a figure called Frau Halle, also known as Old Mother Frost. Frau Halle is another figure thought to have pagan roots. In the Grimm version, the kind girl is showered with gold, which sticks to her so she can take it with her, while the unkind girl is showered with pitch, which she can never remove. No legendary holiday gift-bringer would be complete without a companion. Like Santa has Mrs. Claus and his elves, and the European Saint Nicholas is accompanied by Krampus, or one of numerous other companions, which varies by region. Dead Maros, or Father Frost, has Snigorochka, Russian for Snow Maiden, It's thought Snigorochka's roots go back to 19th century Russian folklore and fairy tales. The tales involving her usually end tragically. The aforementioned Alexander Afanasyev published a work in 1869, which includes a story about a girl named Snigurka, a child shaped out of snow by a childless peasant couple, that comes to life and grows up quickly. She joins a group of girls who invite her to come along with them into the woods. They take turns jumping over a small fire they had built, and when it's the Snow Child or Snigurka's turn, she attempts to jump over the flames, but evaporates before she can make it over. This version of the story made it into another of Andrew Lang's colored fairy books. The Pink Fairy Book, with the story being retitled Snowflake. In another version, she is the daughter of Dead Maros, who represents winter, in a character called Spring the Beauty in English, who represents, yes, you guessed it, the spring. The child or snow maiden is unable to experience love. Taking pity on her, her mother grants her the ability. But upon falling in love with a shepherd she takes a liking to, her heart warms, causing her to melt. This version of the story was turned into a stage play called The Snow Maiden, which in turn was adapted into a ballet called The Daughter of the Snows, which in turn yet again was adapted into an opera called The Snow Maiden, a spring fairy tale. The stage play version was created by renowned Russian playwright Alexander Ostrovsky and included music by Tchaikovsky. There were also film adaptations, a 1952 animated film called Snigorochka, or The Snow Maiden in English, and a live-action film by the same name in 1968. Despite being depicted as dead Maros' daughter in that one version of the tale, when she was repurposed or reinvented as a helper or companion for dead Maros, in his role as holiday gift giver, her backstory was altered, making her his granddaughter instead. The two characters often appear together, whether it be at large holiday celebrations or smaller events like children's parties where they will sometimes battle the legendary witch Baba Yaga, who tries to steal the gifts. Parents or actors portraying dead Marus in an attempt to prove their authenticity will often stick their hands in snow or ice beforehand to help emulate the character's freezing touch. And it should be noted that Snigorochka is not the only movie star in the family. The story of Dead Maros, or Father Frost, was adapted into works of Russian cinema, namely a 1924 silent film entitled Maroska, and then a 1964 film by the same name, but also known by the English title Jack Frost. In 1991, the hammer and sickle flag of the Soviet Union was lowered for the last time. As Russia began to embrace capitalism, Western influence in marketing began to seep into Russian culture, including Coca-Cola ads featuring smiling images of our American Santa Claus. Motivated by a sense of cultural pride and economic opportunity, Dead Moroz was promoted with a renewed enthusiasm. The character as well as his sidekick, Snigorochka, began to become marketing icons in their own right, appearing in ads for things such as Pepsi and Russia's S. Bear Bank, a majority state-owned financial service company located in Moscow. A marketing specialist from Siberia had even tried to sue Coca-Cola for quote-unquote moral damages for inserting Santa Claus into its Russian advert. He complained that, in quotes, there is an association among adults and children that a Happy New Year is only possible with Coca-Cola and Santa Claus. Russian traditions and centuries-old history are being lost. In 1998, Moscow's mayor declared the small town of Veliki Ustak, in the northern region of the Vologda Oblast, as the home of dead Maruz. Officials built him a lavish 12-room wooden palace that's open year-round. Every year, roughly a quarter of a million people and their wallets visit the attraction. Guests can rent nearby cottages. Where they can take advantage of amenities, such as dining out and engaging in outdoor sports, and of course there's even a souvenir shop. Snigarochka the Snow Maiden has a residence of her own, a cottage located in the town of Kostroma near the estate of late playwright Alexander Ostrovsky, the author of the aforementioned play adaptation of Snigarochka's story. Although Snigorochka's cottage, like dead Maros' palace, is open year-round, the most popular time to visit is around New Year's, when there's a three-day New Year's celebration, involving traditional feasts and steam bath or banya sessions held at the neighboring Snigorochka Hotel. Children who visit can engage in traditional Russian crafts, and visit the Snow Maiden's palace, including the so-called Ice Room, which is kept at negative 14 Celsius year-round. Bring a coat. In 2008, Vladimir Putin himself visited Dead Moroz's palace on Christmas Eve, January 6th on the Julian calendar. That same year, the aforementioned mayor, Yuri Luzkov, Proudly declared, take a look at our huge, handsome dead Maros. The puny Santa Claus is a far cry from him. Boris Gryzlov, a member of parliament, boasted, no one will ever be able to take away dead Maros from Russia, not Santa Claus nor any other imposters. As with Santa, children send letters to dead Marus Every year, between the years of 2003 and 2010, the post office in Veliki Ustag supposedly received approximately 2 million letters for the holiday gift bringer. A more recent estimate from 2019 puts the number at about 200,000 a year. Similar to NORAD's annual tracking of Santa Claus on Christmas Eve, in 2009, the Russian Federation via GLONASS, Russia's global navigation system, began tracking dead Maros on New Year's Eve. In 2010, Dead Maros was one of the ten candidates for the 2014 mascot of the Sochi Olympics, but he was removed from the list for fear that making the beloved holiday character, who is a symbol of national pride, into a mascot might render him or it property of the International Olympic Committee. As touched on earlier, traditions involving dead Maros and Snigorochka or similar variants or counterparts are widespread and found particularly throughout former Soviet or Eastern Bloc regions, as well as former Yugoslavia. In Belarus, dead Maros is known as Dzied Maros, who was a Soviet era replacement for Sviate Mikolaj, St. Nicholas whom the Soviets did not approve of due to the figure's association with Christianity. The Belarusian, Zid Maruz, is said to dwell not in Valagda, but in an ornate residence of his own in the primeval forest region of belovickia Pucha National Park. He is also accompanied by a Snigarochka, referred to in Belarusian as Sniaherka. Following the breakup of Yugoslavia, Ded Maroz, known regionally as Died Muraz, was replaced with Died Bozicek, Grandfather Christmas, the former being abandoned due to its association with communism. However, the two names have become somewhat synonymous over time, with many still referring to the figure as Died Muraz. Due to Austrian influence in some regions of Croatia, gifts are said to be brought by Sveti Nikola, St. Nicholas, who is accompanied not by a lovely snow maiden, but by the bestial Krampus of Alpine folklore. In Ukraine, there has been a shift away from dead Maros to St. Nicholas, known as Sveti Mikolai. The reason for the shift, as with some other regions, seems to be Maroz's association with the Soviet past. It's been speculated that another factor for the move to St. Nicholas could be the current Russian-Ukrainian conflict, dead Maros possibly being viewed with growing negativity as a symbol of Russia. After the Soviets took power in Romania, the 25th and 26th of December became workdays and Father Christmas, Mos Krenshin, was replaced with a dead Maros figure known as Old Man Frosty, Mos Gerilia, in the wake of the 1989 revolution, as alluded to earlier, Romanians eventually moved back to Moskrentian. It was around this time that Bulgaria began to abandon dead Maros, Diado Maros, in favor of a return to their traditional pre-Soviet Christmas gift bringer, Diado Kolita. In Armenia, there is Pap or Pepik, Grandfather Winter, and his granddaughter, Whose name translates into English as Snow Sweetie or Snow Anush, a popular girl's name that literally means sweet. Slovenia is yet another example where Dead Maros or Dedic Muras, in this case Grandpa Frost as it's translated, was used during the Soviet era to help implement a transition away from religious holidays, namely St. Nicholas Day and Christmas to the secular New Year observance. After the fall of communism in the early 1990s, two other quote-unquote good old men returned, Saint Nicholas and Bozicek, Christmas man, who in particular is, sounds like a superhero, who in particular is depicted as resembling the modern image of Santa Claus. The three separate characters are depicted as friends, and their attributes are sometimes blended. As disparate as the cultures might seem, the influence of Russian dead Maro's traditions even reached into neighboring Mongolia, where a character whose name translates to Grandfather Winter brings gifts on New Year's Eve. The predominantly Muslim yet secular post-Soviet state of Azerbaijan has Saxtababa. Grandfather Frost and his companion Karkizi Snow Girl, another predominantly Muslim country with a secular state or government, is Tajikistan, where dead Maros is known as baboy barfi. Grandfather Snow and his snigorochka as companion is known as barfak, which means snowball. Despite being secular, Tajikistan has seen a rise in Islamic fundamentalism and religious radicalization. In 2012, according to a Reuters article, a young man dressed as Tajikistan's dead Maro's counterpart was attacked by a crowd and stabbed to death. According to the police, the crime was motivated by religious hatred, with the shouting crowd supposedly calling the young man an infidel. The following year, in 2013, an official with the Committee for TV and Radio Broadcasting under the government of Tajikistan announced the following. Father Frost, his maiden sidekick Snegurochka, Maiden Snow, and the New Year's Tree will not appear on the state television this year because these personages and attributes bear no direct relation to our national traditions, though there is no harm in them. The statement was denounced despite complaints from some religious figures opposed to such secular New Year's celebrations. And government officials ordered a New Year's event, quote-unquote, with the scale as luxurious as possible making it clear that Grandfather Snow and the Snow Maiden would indeed be a part of the festivities. A spokesperson for the mayor's office said, quote-unquote, there was no official or unofficial ban on the use of traditional New Year's attributes, stressing that the traditional fairy tale characters, Santa Claus, that's translated into English, and Snow Maiden will definitely become participants in New Year's events in the State Circus in Dushanbe. And the quote continues, Masquerade balls and New Year's performances will be held here, where Santa Claus and Snow Maiden will give gifts to children from low-income families, said the spokesman, adding that the mayor of Deshaun Bay gave the order, on a grand scale without being stingy, to hold New Year's matinees in schools and kindergartens. And I apologize for some of the awkward wording. These quotes are from a foreign language news story I found, which I then used Google to translate into English. Around the same time, 2012, the former Soviet largely Muslim nation of Uzbekistan also made a decision to remove the Slavic holiday characters from TV. The following is from a 2012 BBC article entitled Father Christmas Off-Air in Uzbekistan. We are told not to show Grandfather Frost and Snow Maiden on TV at all. Said an Uzbek TV journalist in Tashkent, We can show a small New Year tree, but it should be somewhere in the background. All TV programs can only mention that a new year is coming, and that's all. We shouldn't mention the word Christmas either. Our bosses say that's important to protect our Uzbek culture from foreign influences. Some opposed or resented the government's attempt to interfere with traditional holiday celebrations, while some orthodox Muslim voices called for a ban on the New Year's celebration and associated holiday characters, such as Dead Marrows or Grandfather Frost altogether, as had been done previously with Valentine's Day. There are Turkic ethnic groups indigenous to Russia that also have a version of dead Maros, such as the Bashkirs and Tartars, who have a figure whose name in English means something like Winter Old Man, and the Sakha of Siberia, who call him Kis Khan, the Winter King or Master of Cold, who, like his traditional counterpart, is accompanied by a snow maiden that they call Karachana. Well, I think that concludes our exploration of the fascinating, colorful, and charming holiday figure known as Dead Marrows, aka Father or Grandfather Frost. Thank you all for listening to this special holiday episode of The Week in Doubt.